Hey everybody, this is Jake Walker and you're listening to Living for the Day, a podcast that exists to encourage and equip people to live in light of the day of Jesus's return. And wow, we're talking about an important topic today and that is perseverance. Perseverance. Come on, isn't that just an awesome word in itself? Perseverance. I like this definition. Persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Come on. Um, Perseverance is so important. It's necessary for living for the day, and we're going to talk about that in this episode. Uh, Thanks so much for being with me, and let's just jump right in. Here we go. here we go. To start out this episode, I wanted to quote the beginning of a teaching from a man named Stephen J. Cole from Bible.org, lesson 47, entitled Perseverance, Peace, and Purity. He is talking about Hebrews 12, 12 through 14, and I thought this would be helpful as we start our podcast. Uh, Forgive me for um, some of my pronunciations. I'm not positive on how to pronunciate them, but I think the point will still come through. At 7 p.m. on October 20th, 1968, a few thousand spectators remained in the Mexico City Olympic Stadium. The last of the exhausted marathon runners were being carried off to the first aid stations. More than an hour earlier, Mamo Woldi of Ethiopia had crossed the finish line, the winner of the 26.2-mile run. As the remaining spectators prepared to leave, those sitting near the marathon gates heard the sound of sirens and police whistles. All eyes turned toward the gate. A lone figure wearing the colors of the Tanzanian flag entered the stadium. His name was John Stephen Akwari. He was the last man to finish. His leg bloodied and bandaged, severely injured in a fall. He grimaced with each step as he hobbled around the 400-meter track. The spectators rose and applauded him as if he were the winner. After crossing the finish line, Aquari slowly walked off the field. In view of his injury and having no chance of winning a medal, someone asked him why he had not quit. He replied, My country did not send me 7,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 7,000 miles to finish the race. In the Christian life, finishing well means everything. As Paul faced execution, he wrote to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Wow, what an inspiring story. They sent me 7,000 miles not to start the race. They sent me 7,000 miles to finish the race. Let's go. Lord, I just pray that in this short podcast, you would inspire us to be great finishers in this life and to be a great finisher in the race of faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Whoo! Perseverance. You know, we live in a world where Jesus promised that we were going to have troubles, right? John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I think it's 2 Timothy three twelve. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There are going to be tough things in this life. When I say tough, gosh, that is just 
very much understating it. And so I love our theme passage for today, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Wow, what a passage. The main point for today, my friends, is this. Perseverance is crucial to living for the day because the race of faith contains obstacles, weariness, and even enemies. Perseverance is crucial for living for the day of Jesus' return because the race of faith contains obstacles, weariness, and even enemies. Wow. I just think that's an important thing to say. Uh, I definitely don't believe that every trial or every obstacle or every bad thing that happens is, you know, oh, it's it's the devil. Um, But we definitely have an enemy who wants us to not finish the race, who wants us to give up and to take other people out on our way. Uh, You know, Ephesians 6, it just, I'm just going to say it. You know, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the enemy. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. And it goes on into the armor of God. I think it's important to remember, guys, that we have an enemy who doesn't want us to finish the race. And um, so that's that's important to remember and to take a stand against strategies of the enemy. Yet there are also um, just things that are hard and that are difficult um, that come from seeking to be faithful to Christ in the midst of a fallen world. And you know, suffering and trials. There's just such a part of this this life that we're this temporary life that we're living. And so I thought it would be worth it to just talk about perseverance for a moment. So I just want to get right into it. We know what perseverance is. I already I already said it. It's persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. I like the definition of endurance, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. Can I just, what what would your life look like, my friend, if you were a man or a woman of perseverance? Wow. You were, you had great endurance in your life. Wow. Man, God wants to fill you up with perseverance, with endurance, with consistency. And so let's just get right into it. Here's some thoughts. Um, about how to develop in our perseverance. Just three ideas, okay? Here we go. Number one, let's keep our eyes on the prize. We got to stay focused, right? Hebrews 12, it says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And it talks about how Jesus endured. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So my friends, my family, we've got to have the finish line in 
mind. We've got to have the prize in our mind, right? Jesus himself, um, the well done, good and faithful servant, the eternal state. Um, we we got to have the finish line, the joy set before us, ever before us. We need to be developing hope in our life, the excitement for all the promises of God for those who persevere to the end, who are victorious to the end, right? We got to keep our eyes on the prize. You know, I, I, I think of my senior year internship at Azusa Pacific, and I was working these long hours and doing um you know, tough things in this in this job that I had. And wow, it was miserable at times and I wanted to quit. But you know what? My dad always told me, Jake, walkers never quit. <laughs> and that has just so stayed with me. And though I've not lived that out perfectly, you know, I I, I knew that that was true and that's something that, you know, I feel like my parents have instilled in me. And so... I'm so thankful that that senior internship, you know, part of what helped me endure those long hours is I knew that there was a finish line. There was a day when that internship was going to be over and I would be able to say, you know what? I didn't quit. I was faithful to do the work that God had put in front of me. And you know what? That finish line helped me to endure. And so I just want to remind you, um, to have the finish line in mind, to have the prize of well done, good and faithful servant, and being with Jesus forever uh, in mind. Come on. So number one, how do we persevere? Keep our eyes on the prize. Keep our eyes knowing the finish line is coming. Let's go. All right, number two, frame trials biblically. Frame trials biblically. Wow. The thought that anything that we go through, from something light to to the heaviest, most tragic thing, it never has to be for nothing. It never has to be for nothing. Some ways to frame trials, uh, you know, there are many ways that that the Bible talks about things that are hard in our lives, Um, but I just think of a couple passages that help us to focus on the opportunity uh, of what can happen and how we can grow through trials and through hard things. You know, I think of Romans chapter 5 when it says, you know, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. There's the finish line, right? Um, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So there's this opportunity for, for suffering to produce perseverance in us and perseverance character and character hope. I think of James 1, you know, verses 2 through 4 when it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Wow, that there's this opportunity for sanctification in our trials to become more like Jesus. I think of 2 Corinthians 4, 
16 through 18. Therefore, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we got to frame our trials biblically. We've got to not lose hope, but we got to believe like Genesis 50, 20, you know, uh, Joseph is reflecting on all the trials and even evil things that his brothers did to him. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Wow. Trials and suffering and pain, they're opportunities to grow. They're opportunities for us to deepen our reliance on God and on his inspired word and not on our feelings or not on our circumstances, though we acknowledge those. That's not what we base our truth. That's not what we base our hope on. We base our hope on the faithfulness of God and that there's a finish line coming. We base our hope that there's an opportunity for us to grow and to become more Christ-like, that these trials that we go through, they're purifying us. For me, guys, that's so important to remember as I go through something that I can grow. You know, something, a story that really marked me was a pastor named Chad Veach, his wife, Julia Veach. They have four beautiful kids and their firstborn daughter named Georgia uh, was going through some um, very serious health challenges. And uh, she even um, developed this condition which would, you know, very much alter her life and um, and alter the Veach's life. And I remember Chad saying something. He, he, he said, you know, a lot of people are asking me, uh, you know, or, or people have asked me, you know, do you ever ask Chad, why? Why is this happening to you? Why is this happening to me, God? Why did you do this? And he, I remember Chad, you know, preaching this message and he was saying, that's not the question I'm asking. I'm not asking why God, why, why you're, you're not good. I'm actually asking, how can I grow from this? And he, his words were, how can I get better from this? You know, he was talking about how we can either choose with the things that happen in our life. We have the power to either get bitter or get better as that old saying goes. And I was so marked by Chad with just a hunger and a desire to whatever happened. And even in this really tragic situation where, um, man, to me, it seems like it would be hard not to get bitter against God. But he said, no, I will believe in the faithfulness of God. I'll believe in the goodness of God. I'll believe in the, the reality that God wants to produce something in me and in my family that is so glorious. And we might not be able to see it fully on this earth, but one day we will. Wow. Thank you, Chad. What a gift you are. So, number one, we keep our eyes on the prize. We keep it on Jesus. We keep it on the joy set before us. We keep it on that finish line. Number two, we frame trials biblically. We, we tie ourselves to the mast of God's faithfulness and the hope of, of, of that finish line and of what God's doing in us in the midst of these trials. And number three, we run this race and face these obstacles, the weariness, even the enemy together. 
We run together. We don't do this life of faith alone. We don't suffer alone, but we run to one another and we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep, right? I love Philippians chapter one at the end of the passage. Um, At the end of the chapter, it says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you're standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. It says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed, but that you're going to be saved even by God himself. For you've been given the privilege uh, not only of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. And then it says this, listen to this. We are in this struggle together. You've seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. I love that. We are in this struggle together. We are on this race, uh, running this race together. And that's one of the ways we're going to be able to not quit. It's because we can look side by side uh, and we can say, we can look each other in the eyes and say, hey, don't quit. Don't quit. We can look at somebody ahead of us in the race and they can look back at us and they can say, don't quit. We can look at somebody a little behind us in the race and we can say, hey, don't quit. And we can bear each other's burdens. We can, we can lift each other up when we fall down on the race. When we get, you know, we take hits um, from the enemy or whatever. We can keep each other running so much throughout scripture, right? It's We're doing this together. Do not neglect the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. My friend, what would your life look like if you were full of perseverance? Wow. Stunning. Powerful. It's beautiful. Come on. What would your life look like if it was full of endurance? Oh, Jesus, fill us with that endurance. My call to action today is to do something that increases your hope in God because because we need hope to persevere. And that's part of, you know, um, what these three points are, are meant to do is to keep our hope up, right? Keep your hope up. Number one, keep your eyes on the prize, the joy set before us, that's hope, right? The The finish line, the well done, good and faithful servant, Jesus looking you in the eyes, being with God forever. Number two, frame trials biblically. That's that's frame them with hope, right? That it's this is not going to be forever. That God's doing something beautiful in your life, um, and and being faithful through it, it's going to be worth it on that day. And number three, run together. We got to be, you know, hopesters, just helping each other, filling each other with hope, and say, don't give up. Don't give up on this race of faith. Don't give up. Come on. You can do it. We can do it. We can keep running. We're in this struggle together. I won't let you quit. <laughs> I'm thinking of Homeward Bound right now. I think, I'm pretty sure this is from Homeward Bound. If, if So many of you might not know this movie, but there are these animals that can talk and one of the animals, Shadow, you know, gets this they're almost home from being lost for so long and shadow gets in this pit and and his buddy chance this other dog you know is trying to help him get out and he says i won't let you quit shadow i won't let you quit come on may we be that kind of people i will not let you quit i'm gonna help you persevere come on so my call to action today is do something that increases your hope in god 
So good. Our main point for today was perseverance is crucial to living for the day because the race of faith contains obstacles, weariness, and even enemies. Keep your eyes on the prize, my friends. Keep your eyes on the prize. Frame trials biblically and run together. What's an action step you're going to take today? I'm going to pray for us right now before we get to the nugget. Lord Jesus, I pray for the person listening to this podcast right now. I pray that you would give them a picture, give them a vision of their life full of perseverance. Give them a vision, Lord, of that day when they stand before you face to face and they hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Stir them up, Lord. I pray for just action to be taken um, in our lives, that we would be people of great perseverance, great endurance, not just you know, on our own willpower, but through the Holy Spirit, um, giving us that self-control and that faithfulness and, and that we would be doing it together, that we'd bear each other's burdens and we'd, we'd fight together. God, I pray for the person listening to this podcast. Help them. And um, God, I'm just so thankful for you. And I pray that you would bless them, fill them with your spirit, and help them to be people of great perseverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Perseverance, God, do it in me. Do a work in me. Hey, the nugget about heaven um, is this. I think of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, when it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Whoa, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Holiness is important. There's going to be a lot of beautiful holiness in heaven. That means set apart without sin. And um, my thought, my my little nugget for the day was there's going to be perfect holiness in heaven. And so um, why not? Of course, I'm. P.S. I'm not saying that we can be perfectly holy in this life. Thank God that we are we are made holy in God's sight uh, without spot or blemish because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Um, but there's going to be beautiful, um, joyful holiness in heaven. So why not get used to it? Why not start now? Why not when we're tempted to settle for less than what God has for us has for us in that holiness that we think, you know what? It's going to be perfectly holy in heaven. I might as well start getting used to what's going to be for eternity Come on, I'm not going to give in to this temptation. I'm not going to give in to this sin. I'm going to live into that holiness because that's what's going to be going on in heaven. So a little encouragement just when you're tempted to remember that 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what's common to humankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Part of that is to keep your eyes on that finish line, my friend. Remember hey, there's, there's not going to be sin in heaven. There's, there's going to be holiness, joyful holiness. Might as well get started right now. Come on. Well, that's it for today. I pray that you're encouraged and equipped to live in light of the day of Jesus' return, getting excited about um, seeing him face to face. Sure thankful for you, and uh, have an awesome day. Let's persevere.